Less Doing, episode 125. Ari talks with Wendy Myers of live2110.com. Welcome to the Less Doing podcast. Less Doing, more living, more living, more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, it's Ari Mizell. Welcome to the Less Doing, More Living podcast. Nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a little-known, extremely painful, and seemingly incurable disease which forced me to go down a long road of radical transformation so that I could reduce stress and win back a normal life for me and my family. While extremely painful, Crohn's was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to innovate and create the less doing more living system, which I used to govern my life. Then I was given the gift of starting to teach this system to other people. And over time, I was able to help more and more people through a video course, this podcast, and the less doing more living book. Now I have the privilege of working with some of the world's top business minds, including Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, Dave Asprey, and Jordan Harbinger, who have all decided to join me for the first annual Less Doing Live Summit that I'm holding in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. To get more information on the Less Doing Live Summit, you can go to the URL lessdoinglive.com, or you can also find links to the event on our main site, lessdoing.com. Now enjoy today's podcast, and if you listen to the end of the show, I am going to give you more information on this event, as well as a way you can earn a free copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. What's up, Felix? Hey, mate. Um, Doing all right. How are you doing? Good. Apparently, True Rain is really kicking in now because I am seeing the future. (laughs) Uh, Okay. How is that? Well, it's funny because we, we were just talking in the last episode about juice cleanses. I haven't had any food this morning, but I've had green powder, uh, multivitamin powder, and a liquid nootropic. So I'm, I'm uh, not a good example, I guess. That's not the, the meal I normally have in the morning, but the snowstorm is really throwing things off. Speaking of which, yesterday morning, for the first time I think ever, I had a salad for breakfast. And it was because we had salad that, that was going to go to waste. Yeah. And all it was was I had baby arugula with um, bacon mm-hmm. and and a little bit of Parmesan cheese and some olive oil. And it was really good and really filling. I was very happy with that. Oh, great. Well, so, is, yeah. Salad I, for breakfast. Well, I had a tomato. I had a, I, we had some tomatoes that were going bad. So I roasted, I put, baked them in the oven with some Parmesan cheese on the top and some salt and pepper and, uh, Really good. Good use of uh, tomatoes that are going bad. Bake them. That sounds delicious. I mean, I had it with, you know, scrambled eggs and um, some Canadian bacon. But, um, Ooh, yeah. Canadian bacon is yeah. damn good. Yeah. All right. So uh, today's interview is with Wendy Myers, and you're going to get to hear about how I am copper toxic <laughs> and uh, all the things that are wrong with me health-wise, actually. Uh, Amy, okay. oh, not Amy, uh, Wendy really laid it out there. But the, the, the end goal here, or not the end goal, but the con- conclusion is that the fix to my problem is to eat more liver and more, uh, more red meat. So that's not so bad. More liver. 
Yeah, more liver, man. Got to like, got to like the liver. It's, uh, it's. Well, I mean, liver is amazing for you, but uh, it's really? always something that. Yeah, Why we've talked about. Really? Because organ meats are incredible for you. Oh, really? This, oh, yeah. Be, just is that just because they're the most disgusting? Yes, exactly. No, okay. uh, they are the most nutrient dense, nutrient rich parts of the body. I mean, if you look at the way that supposedly ancestral people used to eat, they would sort of throw away the muscle and stuff that we, or give it to the dogs that we eat now, and they eat all the other stuff, the well, uh, the organs, because that's where the real nutrients were. It was in the heart and did the they, lungs. Did they know that, or do they just find find that it was the most filling or something? Probably found that it was most filling. Uh, is my guess, wow. but. Yeah. God. Goodness, I didn't live back then. Crikey. <laughs> well, so I, well, and you're not wrong here. I mean, I, I, I don't like eating liver. So I actually, I like foie gras, but I've been taking liver pills every day, which don't taste or smell like liver. So that's, uh, that's been good. Wow. Uh, also, by the way, I point out, I'd like to point out that there is an article in Fast Company that came out today that was an uh, interview with me about the perils of time tracking and basically how I was saying that you can track all this stuff, but there has to be some context to it and there's got to be like a point to it. So uh, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I got interviewed by Fast Company out of the blue. Can you give us the headlines and what the perils of the perils? I love the choice of uh, words there. <laughs> Well, basically what I was saying is that you can get overwhelmed by the amount of data and, you know, you can track everything, which I do recommend that people track stuff, but either look at it and put some context to it and do something about it or don't look at it, but don't just sort of have it there and be like, oh, I don't know, like, what should I be doing with this or what, you know, yeah. or tracking things just to track them. One, one of the things he was talking about was tracking your time and you'll have, you know, some people like to like hit the timer before they go to the bathroom and then hit the timer when they're done at the bathroom and then hit the timer when they sit out at their desk. And then, you know, and that's too much oh, to me. I like there's, that's, yeah. that's not, it should be, I mean, and look at someone like uh, Chris Dancy, you know, who's been on the podcast who tracks 1200 different things and he doesn't have to do anything to track them. It just happens in the background. That's the way it should be. Oh, I see. Yeah. So anyway, um, Okay, so th- this uh, the interview with Wendy is great. She goes over my results and is, is really fascinating because I've never had a hair mineral analysis test done. So before we get to that interview, I want to share some links. One of which, and this is unusual for me, is I want to share an app that is for Android only right now uh, because only Android allows you to do this kind of thing where you can have one app that's interacting with many other apps at the same time. Unfortunately, iOS doesn't do that. So this is called Quality Time. And it is basically rescue time for your phone. Oh wow, that's cool. So it's yeah, so it's going to show you that uh, it's actually is really really cool. It's it's almost more detailed than rescue time in some ways, but it'll show you like hey, you spent uh, you know you opened Instagram twenty three times in the last two days and Chrome fourteen times and your contacts six times. But it actually can show you like between seven a.m. and seven thirty, you did email, uh, Facebook, Google Doc, and Instagram. You know, so it's really, really cool sort of timeline of how you've been using your phone. And again, it's just for for Android-based phones right now, but really, really cool. Wow. Well, this, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I did too. So there is an Indiegogo campaign that I want to share, and it's the Kenzen Echo. It is a smart sport performance patch. So you wear the patch, and it's going to give you incredible amounts of monitoring 
of what's going on with your body. First of all, the patch is the size of like a couple silver dollars and you put it on your, uh, on your, I think on your leg, on the back of your leg. And it'll actually show your heart rate, heart rate variability, hydration, lactic acid, glucose, calorie intake and burn, skin temperature, respiration, pulse oximetry, steps, distance, cadence, stride, kinetics, acceleration, and speed. <laughs> Does it show the, um, I remember you were talking last week about the blood oxygen level. Does it show Yeah, that? It's, it's showing pulse oximetry, yeah. Oh, is that what that's called? Yeah, so it basically it's showing it's showing the amount of oxygen saturation that you have in oh. your blood, and and this is reusable, obviously, right? It looks like it just looks disposable in the photo. Well, yeah. So I think that the uh, the sticky part is disposable, but the actual uh, device can move. Oh, okay. You know, so it's like a band aid basically, and then you just put the 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 thing itself wow. in the various. Uh, in the, in the different patches. Now, what does this do? Actually, this leads me to a, <clears throat> a question I have. What does this do um, that your typical, that like the, um, the tracker that we spoke about um, before, what does this do that the, doesn't do? The, the, um, the, the ba- like the basis? Like the basis or like the, um, the Withings pulse? So none of those are going to give you sort of biochemical markers. The... The basis uses a pulse oximetry sensor, but it's actually not giving you pulse ox data, which is kind of funny. Uh, but it's using a visual sensor to see uh, blood motion, but it's not actually giving you a number like your oxygen saturation, which is an, a one to one hundred number, and usually you want to see it above like ninety six. But, but this the actually does do that. You said right? What the Withings pulse does do that? Is that correct? The Withings does do that, yes. It's, it's, okay. You're right, it does show you the pulse oximetry. But neither of them will show you lactic acid, hydration, or glucose. Oh, wow. Yeah, and glucose monitoring is a huge one, not just for athletes, but for, for diabetics. And for anybody oh, who's trying to, oh. like, do, if you're trying to do a ketogenic diet, for instance, you really want to be managing your sugar. Uh, it's funny, actually, I mentioned Chris Danzi before. He is, when I asked him, like, what was he really excited about or, was, or what did he really want in terms of tracking technology, he said an easier way to track blood sugar. Because that gives you an amazing amount of information. You know, if you eat a big meal, for instance, you can really, really see the effect it has on your body. And what's interesting about that is that there are certain foods that may seem like they're high carb or that they have a lot of sugar or something, and they may not actually have any significant effect on your blood glucose levels just because of the way your body breaks them down. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to have that kind of monitoring, especially in an athletic setting. Now, I'm, I, I don't know much about you know, all of these sort of things, um, but would you be able to use that? Would that be able to tell you based on your glucose level, whether you're genuinely hungry or whether you just have a craving for something. Would it be able to tell you what? You, you cut out for a sec there, Felix. Sorry. Would it be able to tell someone if they are genuinely hungry, as in have a low glucose level in their blood, or whether they just have a craving for chocolate, say? Uh, well, so it's a little more complicated than that because just because your low blood sugar, just because your blood sugar is low yeah. does not necessarily mean that you are hungry or that you need to eat. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so low blood sugar could mean a number of things, but it, for instance, Ben Ahrens, who is a friend of mine who's been on the podcast and has his own sort of performance, uh, human performance kind of stuff going on. 
when I met up with him at the Bulletproof conference, he was at the tail end of a 24-hour fast and basically just completely depleting the glycogen stores in his liver and getting like all the sugar basically burned up in his body. And then, you know, there's, there's different reasons for that. If you're trying to fast, I can really help you sort of reset your insulin levels. Um, so that my point is that just because blood sugar is low doesn't mean you necessarily have to do anything about it or that you would want to do something about it. Uh, okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. So, uh, all right. That's, that's the idea. Yeah. And, um, and what do you use um, okay. your, your basis for, by the way? What do I use it for? Yeah, mostly. Well, so right now I'm mostly using it for sleep tracking because my sleep is, it's not inconsistent, but it's not exactly where I want it to be. I think I'm getting a little less sleep than I like, but okay. it's more that I want to wake up a little earlier, believe it or not. I just want to do it at the right time because okay. I tend to wake up right about six o'clock naturally. And I, I'd like, I think I need to wake up a little bit earlier. And what time do you go to bed, though? Uh, typically, I'm in bed at 10. Like, I'll be asleep by 11. 11 o'clock, yeah. I'm always going, I always go to bed by 11 o'clock. Last night, we were preparing our kitchen for uh, renovation. So I was, uh, we, we were up till like 12.30. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that was not ideal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm generally up at, I mean, I'm generally up at 6 each morning um, or awake. At six or later or early. But, so do you wake? Do you wake up naturally, or does some, one of the kids wake you up? Um, it's a bit of both, actually. I mean, sometimes Jeremy wakes up at five thirty, and we'll just say, "Hey, let's leave him. He'll go straight back to sleep." And he normally does, but he'll be waking up every sort of about twenty minutes or every half an hour until six or six thirty. Um, yeah, I mean, I've said this before. We fall back to sleep during that time as well. Um, right, that's what happened this morning. But we also go to bed. I mean, I like last night. I think I was as, I was asleep by. I'm normally asleep by ten o'clock, sometimes earlier, or you know, I yeah. also may stay up. It's very much basically the very latest is ten thirty, but. Then the next night I'll definitely be asleep by nine thirty, and that, and I feel like I'm getting a decent amount of sleep these days. So, yeah, good. Mm. Um, well, so yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm using it for. Uh, so anyway, this thing looks amazing. The Kenzen looks very, very cool. Yeah, it doesn't look amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one I want to tell you about is called Ref, R E F, and. This is really cool. So one of the things that has happened in the last few months as I've been running these mastermind coaching groups is that we've been doing more and more stuff in Facebook and the, the, the group is based in Facebook and, you know, we do a lot of our communication there. And I found to much to my surprise that I actually really like communicating in Facebook. And one of the things that I particularly like is the ability to tag people. Uh, you know, so I could be having a, a back and forth exchange with anybody, but I just throw in, you know, an at, sign and then put the person's name and then all of a sudden they're in the conversation or that person can immediately connect with them or or whatnot right okay and i really like that so ref does that for gmail which is so cool so basically i can be writing an email to somebody and i can be like oh you know you don't you you really need to talk to felix and i can just do at felix and it comes up i'm doing it right now and it it, it comes up with two options i can put your a link to your facebook profile or i can put a link to your google uh, your your Google Plus profile. Oh, okay. So, 
it's it's really cool. And it, but it also links to Google Drive and Dropbox. So if I want to link to a document, for instance, it can do that as well. Oh wow, oh, that is cool. So it just makes it really really easy to share with your. What's that? Just makes it really easy to share with your Facebook group. Is that right? No, no, no. This is within email. Oh wow, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I can be sending so, like so. I'll send someone an email. I'll be like, yeah. So Felix is helping me with all my podcast stuff right now, and I can put a link right there, right there to your Facebook profile without having to know it. I can just do at Felix, and it pops right there. And I can, and also Mike Rossi is helping us with the show notes, and I can have his link right in there. And uh, you know, here's a spreadsheet of our last few episodes, and I can just pull it right up. All of it, you know, it just makes it really fluent oh, that's or fluid. Handy. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. So. Uh, awesome. Loving that. And then two more things. One is called Native App, and it is your new personal travel assistant. And I love this idea. I, you know, it's one of the things that I've seen over the years now is as virtual assistants become more commonplace, you're also seeing people uh, specializing a little bit more with the virtual assistant services that they offer. Right, so you'll right. have like, like Fetch, you know, that we, we love and adore, that just is a personal buying assistant. This one is a personal travel assistant. So for 20 bucks a month, they will plan, book, and handle all of your travel-related stuff. Plus, they'll even give... Basically, I think what, what they're offering, too, is sort of local knowledge. Yeah, that, that so, looks very clever. So it's like, we are, always looking, we are always on the lookout for amazing things to do and places to go around you. Need a reservation in Paris but don't speak French? We will take care of that. Um, so like they'll do all the transportation, but then they'll also actually figure out like events and places for you to go and even book all that travel for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this looks really cool. I mean, I haven't traveled abroad or very much, uh, in a while, but yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, someone who wants to make a hotel reservation in France might actually need someone to speak French or, you know, if they don't have a website or something. So, very well, cool. I mean, I, I, I've even had that come up where, uh, I forgot now who it was. I was helping somebody out. Oh yeah, huh. this is really funny actually. Back when uh, when one one was just getting started, and I was advising them, they had a, someone had a request. They wanted to make dinner reservations at a restaurant in Paris, and the restaurants that they were calling only spoke French. So I made the reservation for them mm-hmm. uh, to help out one one. But it's true, I and mean, you have a lot of places where even if they speak the same language, it's easier to do it in the native language. And, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, and I'm not stereotyping here, but sometimes you'll actually get better treatment or better pricing or better, you know, availability if you speak in the native language. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm sure, sure you've experienced that. Sure, yeah. Wow. So, uh, anyway, it looks really cool. And it's it's uh, and they'll also deal with, like, you know, if you're at the airport and a plane gets canceled and, you know, like there's a snowstorm like there is right now, uh, they'll they'll deal with rebooking you, so it's it's sort of like your personal travel concierge in a way. Pretty cool. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, now this one I am super excited about. This is uh, a pre-order. It's called the Capture with a K. Yeah. It is a wristband that looks it looks like a watch, but it doesn't have a screen on it, just a microphone, and it is constantly recording everything that's going on in your immediate vicinity. And when you hear something that you really want to keep or that you like or that was important. You hit a button and it captures the last 60 seconds of audio and sends it to your phone. Wow, that is really cool. Uh, I think it's do, brilliant. Can it, do, uh, can it record? Can you change the settings so it will record more than that or anything like that? Are you, do you know anything? Uh, like that? I don't think so. I think that 
you know, I think that they probably have to come up with a balance for them, you know, between like battery usage, buffer, you know, how big of an audio buffer there is and yeah. storage and all that stuff. So basically, it's constantly saving the last 60 oh, seconds. Yeah, it does say, yeah. Say. But it's cool, you know, like it, the example they give is like if your kid says something really cute. In my case, I think that if you're having an argument with somebody like your spouse, this might come in handy just to, you know, confirm what was said or what wasn't said. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. And, yeah, you I can't know, decide whether that would be a good idea or an absolutely terrible idea in the situation. Yeah, yeah well, it, it would probably can't decide. Yeah, it would be a good idea if it showed that you were wrong. It would be a terrible idea if it showed that you were right. Oh, that's very wise. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Anyway. Very cool idea. Yeah, thanks. So, or, well, not thanks, but I, I love it. So, yeah. all right. So, that's all we got for this week. And uh, I hope if you're in the Northeast, you don't get snowed in too badly. Yes. And um, thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, all right. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Okay. And now for feature interview. So now I'm speaking with Wendy Myers of LiveTo110.com. So, Wendy, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. So, thank you for having me on. So, we're going to be talking today about hair hair mineral analysis. Is that the right way to call yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Lo and behold, I have done this test, and Wendy is actually going to talk about my results with you guys to give you sort of a, a real idea of how this works. But first of all, how did you get into hair mineral analysis, and what is well, it? Yes, well, you know, I found it just in the, the search for my own health. Uh, you know, I didn't really have any devastating illnesses or anything. I just, you know, woke up one day, and I, I just didn't feel like I used to. I was tired and had brain fog, and I was having trouble losing weight after the birth of my baby, and... So I just, you know, went, you know, just did all kinds of testing with my naturopathic doctor. She was said, you know, you have adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues, just go on hormones, hormone replacement. I said, nah, you know, I'm 40. I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'm not menopausal yet. So I, which I, I wouldn't take anyways. But uh, so I just on the internet found um, a practitioner that did hair mineral analysis. And I was really blown away by how much information is in a hair mineral analysis. And my goal is to teach people that the hair mineral analysis is not just mineral levels and heavy metal levels. We're looking at patterns in the hair test. We're looking at ratios and they give a tremendous amount of information. It takes a couple years to train, to learn how to read them. Really? Okay. So, and, and, and I mean, from my understanding, my very limited understanding, I mean, the hair gives us a pretty long-term picture in some cases. I mean, not in my case, obviously, because anyone who's seen a picture of me knows I don't have a lot of hair on my head. But for, I mean, for a woman, for example, who has long strands of hair, you can really go back quite a ways, right? Yeah, well, what we're looking for is, you know, the most up-to-date picture of your your body chemistry. So you only cut off about an inch of hair. You know, if you have okay. long hair, you just cut it off with a scalp and then trim off that that inch that's right by the scalp. So that gives us a picture of about three months of what has been dumping into the hair. I mean, that's still significant, honestly, if you're looking at, you know, the, the, even, I mean, most blood tests don't give you a three-month picture, you know, unless you're looking at like A1C for glucose, for instance, which is still not three months. So uh, it, it's a really interesting, I think, look at at what someone's health might have been or, or is, you know, in the past quarter basically. And okay. okay, so now what are the kinds of things generally that you can get from hair? I mean there's a lot I know, but you know, what's what's the big stuff? 
Yeah, well, you can see your metabolic rate, how well your body's, you know, digestion, uh, making enzymes and other kind of metabolic processes. Uh, you're a fast metabolizer, so everything's going real, real fast. And uh, you can see thyroid function, adrenal function. You can generally see the functioning of the immune system. Lots of things are in the hair test. And, you know, your heavy metal toxicities, you can kind of generally see how toxic you are. Okay. So now, and that, that does give us a sort of a good picture, but let's, let's talk about my results now to, to, to put this together. And, and I will point out to everybody that, again, I don't have very much hair on my head. And I, the first time I sent this in, I did it with chest hair and the envelope because of me got lost. So uh, my test was done on pubic hair, which is something you can do. But you also said that there were some limitations yeah, there are. I mean, the, the pubic hair has a lot more phosphorus than regular hair. It's also not as biologically active. It's much more slower growing. So it may not be a 100% accurate picture of what's going on today in your body, but I find the, the, the pubic hair lags about three months. So it maybe is giving us a six-month picture of what's going on. <laughs> okay, fair that enough. Makes sense. Yeah, sure. So, let, so I don't know where you want to start with, with my results. Yeah, are you looking at your hair test? I am. Yeah, and I encourage you maybe publish your results so the audience can maybe read along and kind of just read it on the hair test. Yeah, okay. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so if you look at the hair test, you'll see this blue area, nutritional elements. Um, your calcium is on the low side. The ideal level is 42. Um, so we definitely want to increase your calcium levels. Um, your magnesium is definitely on the low side. And with uh, magnesium, uh, that's, that's lost very easily. If you have a very fast metabolism, you lose magnesium, you burn it up. Um, also in the past, if you, know, you had Crohn's, you were taking anti-inflammatories, nice. those wipe out magnesium, completely uh -huh. wipe it out. Okay. Um, so uh, how long ago were you taking medications? Well, I, I mean, I haven't been on medicine for over five years now, but some of the ones I was on were, were very long-lasting. So the, the oh. effect of one of the, the biggest ones probably stopped about two years ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so, but even stress, stress is the first thing to, get, to go. The cells just will, you know, be releasing their contents of magnesium under stress. Right, so does, um, does having three kids under the age of three count? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just that alone could do it. <laughs> I, have, I only have one. I don't know how you're doing, you're doing three. <laughs> I don't know how my wife is doing it, honestly. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, so that's why your magnesium is low. And you, um, you know, and I you know, uh, suggest that you take five times your body weight in, mag in milligrams of magnesium. Okay. So, um, so, and I sent you your supplement list, you know, after I usually have a consult with someone, I send them a big, huge email with their recommended supplements and diet and lifestyle recommendations and all kinds of information. Um, and so if you look at your sodium here, your sodium's really high, sky high, as well as your potassium. Um, these are seven times higher than they should be. <laughs> um, which means you're under stress. You're kind of that resistant stage of stress. Kind of at that moment, uh, you know, if this continues, this uh, lifestyle or whatever is causing the stress, there's many hidden stressors, you know, gut dysbiosis, heavy metal toxicities, the, um, the adrenal glands, the sodium potassium represent adrenal functioning. So when you have a lot of heavy metal toxicities, these, the adrenal glands will rev up to try to increase the metabolism to push them out of the body. Um, so that's one. But one now these are electrolytes, right? Yes, they are. But they're, yeah. the sodium and potassium are controlled by the kidneys. Okay. Um, so the, the sodium and potassium um, roughly correlate to the sodium correlate 
relates to uh, um, aldosterone, and the potassium roughly correlates to cortisol. And these are, of course, excreted by the adrenal glands and regulated by the kidneys as well. Um, so when the kidneys are under stress or when there's a lot of heavy metals, um, these will tend to be on the high side. So in potassium will be high. Okay. Yeah. And so basically your adrenals are on fire from whatever stressor that it is. And um, at some point they'll fall into fatigue, perhaps stage three adrenal fatigue. So you want to be careful and take care of those. And this is just common. I mean, uh, mo- two thirds of people have adrenal fatigue. I mean, join the club. You know, anyone who's under just the, even the most moderate amount of stress slowly into adrenal fatigue if they don't already have it. It's just rampant in our society. We work so much. Sure, of course. Yeah, and so the um, then you look here at your copper. Uh, your copper is extremely high, 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 high. and that's uh, very much related to um, Crohn's disease. And I'll tell you why the whole process of that. Yeah, I'm um, very interested. Yeah, number one, when uh, we have adrenal fatigue, um, that will cause a dysregulation of copper. And here's why. You have to have a protein called ceruloplasmin to bind to copper to make it bioavailable in your body. And if you have adrenal fatigue, the adrenals are not able to signal to the liver to produce adequate amounts of ceruloplasmin. So you get this buildup of copper, toxic copper in your body. And, but at the same time, you'll have copper deficiency. Um, it's kind of uh, the copper conundrum. It's kind of hard for people to understand. Um, but this is one of the reasons why you have this high copper buildup in your body. And it's called copper dysregulation. And clearly you have that because your copper is very, very high. And it's the copper is 3.5 times higher than it should be. And um, one thing with autoimmune is when you have any kind of autoimmune disease, and again, I feel like this is a, just a disease label um, where the underlying cause is actual nutrient deficiencies and heavy metal and chemical toxicities and copper dysregulation, um, uh, coupled with magnesium deficiency. Um, and when you correct these things, autoimmune can reverse, which I see in many of my clients. And with the autoimmune, uh, you have this very high copper level, which burns up the villi in the intestines. Uh-huh. Um, so copper is very devastating. And so I tend to tell my clients if they have very high copper to take MSM, which is a, a sulfur, and that will help to clear copper out of the intestines. Now, and, and this relates with the zinc, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. When people have um, zinc deficiency, which I think you have copper, iron, and zinc deficiency, um, and you just have to eat li- liver, beef liver, to uh, get all those nutrients in the perfect ratios. Yeah. Okay. So, question about that, because one of the things that I usually, I, I haven't been great about this recently, but I, I, I'm not a fan of eating liver. <laughs> I've tried many mm-hmm. times, but um, I've used liver pills before. And I yes. put I put them in my uh, smoothies actually, but I don't do it regularly enough. So I think that that might have been that might be one of the issues. But that would be acceptable. Yeah, it is. It's you know it's second best, but I mean, just make sure it's a grass fed source. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. Uh, the ones I found were 100 percent Argentinian beef liver, and they were grass fed. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, that will work. And uh, yeah, I I definitely recommend that to my clients. The liver is pretty disgusting. <laughs> No, I'm not a big fan myself. Um, but if you like foie gras or you like uh, pâtés and things of that nature, um, those have liver as well. And I, I enjoy it that way. Okay, cool. That's good yeah, to know. It's, 
Yeah. So the um, so any kind of animal liver, beef liver, chicken liver, goose liver, what have you. Um, but the uh, the autoimmune response is actually lack of antioxidant vitality due to copper deficiency, and uh, and zinc is also influential in the immune response. And so your zinc is low as well. And so what really gives uh, immunity its regulation is zinc and copper in the correct ratio. And this coupled with a burnout of magnesium, low magnesium, is labeled Crohn's. Um, so these things, you know, it's, of course, it's, it's more complicated than that. But um, I feel, you know, autoimmune issues are due to, you know, gut, you know, gut issues, gut dysbiosis, leaky gut, and all these nutrient and heavy metal issues. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, uh, and that's why your autoimmune was able to reverse. You were able to, you know, correct things to a degree to where your symptoms uh, resolved. And and so your iron here um, is uh, on the low side. You'll see that your iron is low. And that's going to be low as long as your manganese is really high here. Um, you'll see that uh, this manganese is really, really high, the MN. And that is actually from your well water. Um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of my clients that drink well water, even if it's filtered, um, have really, really high manganese and manganese will prevent iron from increasing. And it will also, um, it's an copper antagonist. So this will also, uh, prevent copper from being, being regulated properly. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, my suggestion is just maybe try to find a filter that filters manganese. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that might be a little bit difficult. Or switch to spring water. Yeah. Um, I know a, a lot of people love their well water, but I, I think you're going to continue to have um, issues as long as you drink the well water. Okay. It's not filtered properly. Yeah, and so we skipped over your phosphorus. Phosphorus is really high. Um, phosphorus is involved in uh, protein uh, catabolism. Um, if when, you're, when your protein is really, really high. Um, it's also a sign that your biotin is non-existent. And uh, when you take antibiotics, which I'm sure you've taken a lot of with the Crohn's, yeah. um, that wipes out biotin. And, uh, it's, and it's kind of a shadow of optimal gut flora. Um, when, you, when you don't have enough, you know, your gut flora will help to make biotin. So if you don't have enough gut flora, you're not making enough biotin. And that will uh, cause the phosphorus in your body to be really high. And, uh, and low biotin will flip the body into a state of catabolism where you're eating your body's proteins rather than producing them. So we want to get that, that phosphorus down a little bit. And okay. that will just happen on the program when you're supplementing properly. Everything just kind of falls into place. Sure. Yeah. And when phosphorus is really low, most of my clients, their phosphorus is very, very low. And that will be a sign that they're not making enough protein or not digesting their protein very well, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and all your other levels look really, really nice. Um, nothing to worry about with any of these. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there is some good news. <laughs> Everything has a little silver lining in their black clouds. <laughs> uh, but your your sulfur just is a little bit on the low side, the, the S here. And typically, uh, high copper will cause a breakdown of sulfur, sulfur uh, to not happen. And sulfur, um, uh, so it just causes a problem with sulfur. Okay. When you have that really, really high copper level. Yeah. Okay. So now, okay. So first of all, so just from looking at the nutritional elements, basically what I like is you said sort of the, the basic answer is to eat more liver. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's, that's a pretty cool answer. I like that actually. Um, yeah. So I got to figure out how to, how to 
put, I'm going to take more of those beef liver pills. But yeah. now the the toxic elements one is really interesting to me. So so talk about that. Yes. Well, with um, everyone has heavy metals in their body, um, and it's good that you're releasing some metals. It's worrisome when people aren't releasing any metals because that means they don't have enough energy to do the work of detox. Because detox is very much a luxury. You have to have energy to do that. And that's why my mineral power program that I do, um, it's all about healing the adrenals and healing the thyroid, the glands that make your body's energy. So you have enough energy to do the work of detox. Um, so when people are very, very ill, they usually they don't have enough energy to detox and the toxins build up and build up until it causes a disease label. And so for you, it's very good. You're releasing some metals. For you, it may not have seemed like good news, <laughs> but it actually is because you're, you're dumping them into the hair for elimination. And so your first one is arsenic. Uh, this is typically found in chicken, conventionally raised chicken, um, because they actually give chicken um, arsenic to make them grow 50% faster. Really? So yeah. So it's actually routinely put into chicken feed. Yay, isn't yummy. that yummy? Yeah, I don't eat very much chicken uh, in a long time, so that's good to know, though. Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, and um, it's also found in water. Um, it's typically found in, uh, it can be in tap water. It can be in, um, um, it can just be in pesticides. It's frequently in pesticides. Um, it's in a lot of different uh, uh, things that we ingest on a daily basis. It can be in beer, uh, table salts. Uh, fungicides. A lot, of, a lot of rice has arsenic, right? Yes, it can. Yeah. It's not a reason to avoid rice. You probably just want to be smart about the source. Uh, you know, source matters. So I, I typically like, you know, U.S. Uh, grown rice that's organic. But now my levels are not actually really toxic. They're just there. Well, it's, or, it's actually um, any heavy metal, any toxic element is very, very toxic. Okay. There's definitely metals that are more toxic than others. Um, but Pretty much all of my clients have arsenic, and it's definitely not producing health results at any level. Um, so just because it's not in the, the higher ranges doesn't mean that it's not causing problems for you. So what would you do about the arsenic? Well, you just do my mineral power program. Um, you, have to, you have to mineralize your body, number one. To push out heavy metals from your body, um, you have to mineralize your body. So the stronger your body becomes, the better able it's uh, it's able to detox these heavy metals. Your liver the liver will function better. Your kidneys will function. Um, I recommend an infrared sauna um, so that you can sweat out all these metals and hundreds of chemicals that everyone has in their body. Uh, you can just sweat out all these things out. Yeah, we actually had an interview a while ago on the podcast about a, a, somebody who, who produces a infrared sauna and talked about all the benefits. And, and I, I, infrared saunas are wonderful. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. And they're so relaxing, too. They, very, they calm your nervous system. So it's very healing for the adrenals as well. And it heats up your body a few degrees. So it kills all parasites and fungus and bacteria and viruses and, and all, all kinds of things. It's so, so healthy for you. Yeah. Okay. So now uh, the next one on there is uh, is mercury. Now yes. we're talking about fish, right? Yes, um, fish and uh, dental amalgams. Okay. Um, yeah. So because of, when I got this before we even spoke, I've actually made an appointment already to go get um, my fillings replaced. Which honestly, I all right. I, I meant to do it a while ago, and I just think I haven't gotten around to it. So it, it's it's not really a fun thing to go in for something that you quote unquote don't really need to do, you know, because yeah. like the fillings are fine, but oh, yeah. absolutely. I want to, I want to deal with that. 
Yeah. And it's just one of those things. You don't even have to go to a biological dentist. You can go to a regular dentist as long as they're using the suction, you know, but just make sure they get all the mercury out. I had my mercury fillings removed when I was 20 and I had to have one of them redone, which happens. And the dentist removed the, you know, the initial porcelain or, um, you know, whatever uh, material was used and there was mercury underneath. So make sure you look in, you know, look in the mirror and he's removed all of the mercury. <laughs> Check his work. And you just said that that was just a visual thing. It wasn't, you didn't have to do another test to figure that out. No, no, no. But I just, uh, I just, uh, the, my dentist told me that I had mercury underneath my filling. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They left there. Okay. So that. Okay. So because I, I don't need a lot of. Well, actually, I don't even remember the last time I had tuna. But I, I pretty much stick to wild caught Alaskan salmon whenever I can, and that really doesn't have concerning mercury levels, I believe. Yeah, well, salmon does have some mercury. The smaller the fish, but it's not as, as concerning as other the larger fish, the larger right. predatory fish like tuna. Um, but the smaller the fish, the less time it's you know been alive. And sardines are great, right? Absolutely, sardines, any kind of small fish, uh, the, the gross fish, no one likes uh, the uh, anchovies, etc. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the the more fish people eat, that usually the higher their mercury levels. However, you do have selenium that's in fish, and if you do eat fish. Many people will see high level, high mercury levels on the hair test. So that's because the selenium is helped to pushing it out of the body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is that doesn't mean that doesn't give you a license to eat fish. Some people just cannot metabolize mercury, or they're very allergic to it. Sure. So I generally generally recommend people reduce their fish intake. Okay. But they can still have it every once in a while. Okay. All right. Um, and then the next one is cadmium, which is which is mostly in electronics, right? Well, it's it's a big problem with industrial dumping. Um, yeah. There's a lot of it in the environment from industry. Um, it, there's a lot of sources. Actually, cigarettes and marijuana are the main source. Uh, of cadmium? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Why marijuana? Yeah. Um, because um, I don't know why. It's just in cadmium. It just has cadmium. And um, it's also in the papers, the rolling papers or the cigarette papers. It helps them burn really nicely. Um, but even my clients, I have some clients that, you know, they like to, they're marijuana and they even vaporize it. And I had one client I tested recently, her cadmium was all the way to the top of the chart and she only vaporizes it. So a lot of people do that thinking it's less toxic. Not so. Um, so the cadmium is extremely toxic, uh, very damaging to the kidneys. It causes cancer. Um, it can take 10 years to get all the cadmium out of your body. Okay. Yeah, it's very toxic. You can only release a little bit at a time because it's so toxic. Well, and I, I mean, I have a, a very, very small level, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is very small. Okay. Um, and, so, and this is not concerning. This is not what I consider toxic. You're just, right. just a little blip on the radar there. Um, sure. but, but yeah, but there's usually, when you see a rat, there's a thousand more. Sure. Uh, so, and you have to do a program like this and continually monitor with hair tests for two to three years simply to remove the bulk of heavy metals. Okay. So it takes time. The body can only release so much at a time. Okay. So then, so then the last one you have uh, for me, at least here, is, is lead. Now, I mean, everyone knows that lead is not a good thing for you. But so, uh, I'm curious here because so I, I worked in construction for 14 years, and and uh, when I started, I know I was working in some very not good uh, conditions um, because I was like 21 and didn't really care, and I thought it was kind of cool, I guess, to not take care of myself. But um, <laughs> So, but this is in the last three to six months we're talking about. So where would I be getting lead exposure? My water? 
Um, well, it, anywhere. Tap water is is one. Cigarette smoke, um, hair dyes. A lot of this is not your case, um, but a lot of the darker hair dyes will have lead. Um, like uh, Grushin's Delight, so it's a Grushin formula. Um, uh, paints, pink, uh, paints, inks, glazes, uh, pesticide, occupational exposure. Um, many other, many industries uh, will use lead. But the thing is, um, what many people don't realize is that when you have an exposure, even when, when you're a baby, as a child, as a teenager, adult, those heavy metals, unless your body is able to purge them, those metals and chemicals build up in your body. And the body tucks them away. It stores them away um, uh, so that the body is protected. And so lead is very much uh, stored away in the bones. And it can actually make bones look more dense on um, you know, uh, bone density scans. And also when people have low, low calcium, um, I typically know that they have a lot of lead toxicity. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So now the uh, you have additional elements here. So what what's the relevance here? And let's talk about those. Yeah, these aren't as concerning. Um, like these are nutritive elements. These are trace minerals and metals that we need a little bit of uh, in our body, but not too much. Um, any too much of a good thing is toxic. Um, so for you, your levels are not that bad. Uh, to replace trace minerals, I like people to take a supplement called Anderson's Trace Minerals. I also give kelp. It has about 20 to 30 trace minerals in it as well. Um, first, for you, you've got high rubidium and high tin. The rubidium is not really concerning. Um, that's not toxic at high levels. You know, tin is typically found in uh, tin, tin cans, um, but it can also be in, in water and in the environment. Um, it's hard to say where you would pick that up, but that gets detoxed on the program. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and I want to talk about the program a little more in a minute. But uh, so, one of the ones that I, I have not heard of here is what, what's rubidium. Rubidium is just a, a mineral. It's it's in vegetables. Um, it's uh, it's just one of those minerals that's in our environment. It's in our water. It's in spring water. It's in vegetables, etc. Um, but it's not it's not anything that's really concerning. It's something that we just we need in our diet a little bit of. Okay, uh, and then so then that ones that I have particularly high. Does that mean that I'm having a lot of vegetables? Because I, I think I do. It could be. It is probably more to some sort of exposure. Okay. Uh, 0.06 is actually three times higher than you see on this chart. Okay. It's actually really really high. So you just had some sort of exposure somewhere. It's it's really hard to say where you picked that up. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then and then the other one that I have that's really high is tin. Yeah. Yeah. And where would I be getting tin exposure from this? I mean, cans, I guess, just from can hold like I mean, well, how how does that work? Yeah, it can be from cans. Again, it can be from some sort of industrial exposure. You could have picked it up when you were younger, and your body's just detoxing it right now. Um, it, it's really hard to say where you picked it up. Uh, but I sent, I gave you an article in the email that I sent you that helps uh, goes into in depth about the potential places that you could pick that up. But it's, it's mainly from industrial dumping. There's all kinds of chemicals and heavy metals in our environment because we're digging all these metals up from the earth and mining them, putting them in products, and they go into landfills and industry dumps them, especially in China. Um, and all of the smoke and, um, and toxins that are in the air settle all over the planet. So no matter where you live, even if you're in the country, you are exposed to heavy metals and chemicals. Nice. Unfortunately, it's a reality today. 
Yeah, sure. I, I was just <laughs> the initial thought when I saw that was like I, I give I, our dogs eat canned food, you know, twice a day. So I'm holding canned dog food cans, <laughs> but yeah. um, I guess that's probably not the big the big concern. Um, okay, yeah. so so that's that's a kind of you know it's a good overview of the testing that I got, and we are going to show these this imagery in the blog post that goes along with this podcast, so people can check this out if they want to. But uh, to to sort of wind this down a little, let's talk about the mineral power program a little bit, how that works and what it looks like. Yeah, well, basically, it starts with a hair mineral analysis. And the test, that mineral analysis test is a very good basis to get a picture of your body chemistry and how to supplement you customized to your body chemistry. Um, because you have you take different supplements based on what your hair test uh, reveals. And so people, they need to monitor on a regular basis uh, because when their body chemistry changes, we need to kind of tweak things and change their supplements accordingly to keep, you know, getting their body chemistry into balance. And, um, and I also give people a complete program. They have the modern paleo diet that they, they take, uh, that they eat. Um, it's, I, I allow grains, some grains, non-gluten grains. I think raw dairy is fine if you tolerate it. I think potatoes are extremely nutritious. So it's not a regular traditional paleo diet. It's kind of more modern paleo. And, um, I also, uh, give people a complete detox program, uh, detox protocols like infrared saunas, near infrared saunas, and I have very affordable portable ones for sale on my website. Uh, they're $350, they're not expensive. You can just set one up at home in your shower so that you can enjoy the benefits of that and it's more accessible to more people at that lower price. And I also recommend that for some people, coffee enemas. They don't work for everybody, but they're an extremely uh, amazing way to detox the liver. Many people have very overburdened, toxic, even fatty livers, and the coffee enemas are very uh, uh, helpful to help to help someone's body to detox more effectively. So, but chai latte enema probably wouldn't work as well. <laughs> you can try it. <laughs> uh, coffee enemas are, are a whole other topic of discussion. They're actually it's a really interesting idea uh, for detoxing the body and just basically uh, you're, you're you're pretty much pumping your body full of antioxidants. Is really what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. actually, for most Americans, their um, antioxidant intake is from coffee. <laughs> it's the number one source of antioxidants. But yeah, you do absorb um, that through the colon. You absorb the water from the enema as well. Um, and so there, it's it's helpful on a number of ways. So a uh, question here, because I, I mean, I looked at all the stuff you sent me, but I, I didn't realize that you could do a portable infrared sauna. Um, so the, and that's, that's a, I mean, obviously it's not necessarily as effective as having the entire setup, but I didn't realize that. You just use like a, an infrared sauna bulb and shine that on yourself and that'll yeah, help? Yeah, well, it actually is as effective and there are actually uh, additional benefits to it um, over and above a regular far infrared sauna. Um, I have a lot of information on my website, a lot of podcasts about infrared saunas. I love infrared saunas. I think all saunas are great. Uh, not that ones at the gym, the typical Finnish heat sauna, um, those are not as effective. They don't penetrate your body. The whole point of using an infrared sauna is that the rays penetrate your body, um, so you, they heat you up from the inside out. And this helps your cells to release their toxic contents. It kind of speeds up your metabolism and circulation and just gets everything flowing. And then you sweat and you sweat all this garbage out through your skin. But I, I like the near-infrared saunas because they actually penetrate deeper. They penetrate about three to four inches, where a far-infrared sauna only penetrates about an inch or two. 
Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, like for instance, I, I actually I've heard of people like having the, the these infrared bulbs by their bedside, and they'll just turn it on, you know, while they're reading in bed, for instance. So, how long of a exposure would you want, and how often? Well, a single bulb, and I, I definitely propose, you know, I'm a big proponent of those. As oh no, well. I mean in general, like how what you know what kind of exposure you're looking for. Well, for about an hour, like yeah. uh, you, for the, the ones by your bedside, they're not really heating up your body so much. So you can do those for 30 minutes to an hour, a regular four, four bulb sauna, probably 30 to 60 minutes and working your way up to that. And just so people realize, you know, this is not like a heating element per se. This is, as Wendy said, this is sort of warming you from the inside. So it's a really, it's an interesting feeling. I really yeah. Like yeah. That. I mean, it's very relaxing. It's very calming to the nervous system. Yeah. Well, okay, great. So now one of the things that I, I always like to ask people at the end of these interviews is, and, and this can draw, you can interpret this how you like and you can draw from any kind of knowledge that you have, but what are your top three tips for people to be more effective? Well, I think that people uh, really need, I'm sorry, my daughter walked in. <laughs> I think that people really need to um, focus on their diet. Uh, people, sorry. <laughs> you said your dog or your daughter? Rachel. My daughter loves to make cameo appearances on my podcast. Ah, uh, well, no problem. <laughs> yeah. So I think the top three things people need to do to be more effective are uh, really focus on their diet and sussing out any food sensitivities they have. Um, I think these really cause a big drain on people's energy and immune system. Um, that's what my modern paleo diet is all about, is sussing out your food sensitivities. Um, I think also, uh, I don't think people pay enough attention to detox on their health regimes. Uh-huh. Um, that's why people find they, they eat a healthy diet, they live a healthy lifestyle, um, and they exercise. And then a lot of people hit 40 and they just don't feel good. They don't feel like they used to. They're still tired and have brain fog, et cetera, maybe developing some low-grade health issues. And that's because they have to pay attention to detoxification. And that's what uh, my message is really all about, is that if you're not tending to detoxification and using the proper tools to detox, you know, not a 10-day detox in a box, um, a long-term detox, you know, that you're using in your lifestyle on a daily basis, if you're not getting these chemicals and metals out of your body, they are not going to produce good health results at some point. Um, number three, I think it's extremely important to sleep. I think people are not sleeping enough. You cannot yeah. escape uh, that at all. Uh, I think people need to sleep at least eight hours a night, and they have to. In order to facilitate that, you know, you have to, uh, you know, have blackout curtains and a sleep mask, and you have to go to bed at a, you know, be in bed by 10 p.m. Um, what I feel. Um, because your liver starts cranking up and detoxing around 11 o'clock. So you want to be asleep by 11 p.m. Or you miss out on critical detox time. Yeah. That, that, so, those, I mean, those are great, great tips. And so now, uh, where can people find out more about you? And we're going to have links in the show notes to everything, of course. But where can people find out more about you and hopefully sign up for mineral tests? Yeah, well, you can find my main website is live2110.com, L-I-V-E-T-O-110.com. Um, you can learn more about my power program at mineralpower.com. And I have my own podcast. I have the Live to 110 podcast and I talk about everything you need to have a healthy, long life. And I'm going to be on it. Yes, yes. You're coming on late January. And uh, I also uh, have a cooking show. It's the Modern Paleo Cooking Show and hopefully publishing my book, the Modern Paleo Survival Guide this year at some point. Uh, you know, and, and so I would normally end right there, but I actually do want to point out one thing there is that, you know, you sent me the Modern Paleo Diet information, and 
I have to say, I, I really, really like, I, I really like it. Um, I, I think that paleo is a really good start for a lot of people, and it's a really good sort of elimination diet. But I think that there are limitations to it that I don't personally agree with, and one of them is the complete lack of dairy. And you include raw grass-fed dairy, which I think is really good. Um, so I, I, I really I like your approach. And there's a couple other things in there, of course, that you that you allow that that traditional you know, whatever traditional paleo means, but what it doesn't allow. And, um, yeah, so and that's I, I love your modern paleo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's because there's, you know, a lot of scientific evidence that many people have the lactase enzyme called lactase persistence. And if you can tolerate that food, there's no reason why you should avoid that nutritious book or I'm sorry, a nutritious food because a book told you to avoid it. Um, that doesn't exactly. really make any sense. There's a lot of very nutritious foods that people should enjoy if they can eat them. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for your time. That was really informative. Thank you for uh, for you're going to force me to eat liver now, basically. So yes. thank you. <laughs> hey, it's Ari again. Thanks for listening to today's show. As I promised at the beginning of the show, I am going to tell you more about the Less Doing Live event in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. Then I will tell you how you can earn a free copy of the Less Doing More Living book. Less Doing Live is an event I am putting on with Business Research Group in New York City. We have designed this event to give you and a small group of Less Doing Fanatics a personal, quality experience. We are limiting this event to 150 participants in Manhattan to make sure that I get a chance to meet and hang out with every one of you. Now here's why this event is different. You see, most business conferences are just a series of speeches on a stage where smart speakers get up and give you tons of great information. In fact, it's usually so much that you don't know what to do with it all. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I have designed this event to make you take action. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I have designed this event to make sure you do take action. Because the only way to make big changes in your life is to invest in yourself. And that's not only an investment of your money, because you can always earn more of that, but rather an investment of your time, which is something so precious because you can never get it back. So at this event, we're not just going to talk. On the first morning, Dave Asprey and I are going to share with you the latest cutting-edge tips on how to hack your productivity and biohack your body. But then that afternoon, it's going to get really exciting when we break down into small groups and get you into workshops to solve your biggest problems in productivity. What are the workshops going to be? They'll be designed to help you tackle the fundamental problems that stop 99% of the world from realizing their full potential. Getting your email down to inbox zero and mastering your communications with the world or a scheduling class where you can learn how to automate your schedule to the point where you will have a calendar working for you or an outsourcing class where you can learn how to get rid of 95% of the things that you shouldn't be doing on a daily basis. We're also going to have a biohacking class that's going to include nutrition and help you master your body and your life. Which one of these classes should you attend? Well, that's where my last doing certified coaches come in. Before we even let you get to the event, you have to speak to one of our coaches so that we can talk to you and see if the event is right for you. That way we can make sure that we truly help you. So to get to the event, you just need to enter your email and then register to speak to one of our Less Doing Certified Coaches in a free 45-minute coaching call where you will learn the one area of your life that you need the most help with and will get the most impact out of. Now, as a special gift to you for joining this free coaching call, I want to recognize your commitment to your productivity by giving you a free copy of the book, Less Doing, More Living. 
Thanks for listening.